everyone. Thank you for tuning in to Illuminating the Stories That Bind Us. In this series, psychotherapist Jennifer H. Carey interviews and helps applicants illuminate a story that is binding them. We can all heal, learn, and grow from listening to how the beliefs and stories that we create can consciously and subconsciously run our lives, binding us and holding us back. Jennifer H. Carey also collaborates with Mick and Tess Pulver from Breakthrough Performance Workshop. At the end of each podcast, Mick and Tess prescribe a song for the participant to help them transform beyond the limiting story that they are telling themselves. Together, let's listen and shine light so we can break through and step forward into our unlimited potential. The voices and stories of these podcasts are true but names and other identifying information are removed to protect the privacy and confidentiality of the participants. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Illuminating the Stories That Bind Us. We are at episode number 12, and today we have a brave and courageous participant that is going to share a story that is related to feeling the need to change people. I recently saw a client that wanted to change his father-in-law, and this client was so upset with me when I shared that he won't be able to change his father-in-law unless his father-in-law is willing to change himself. And this client got so upset with me, he questioned my expertise, he even yelled at me, what kind of, a, what kind of therapist doesn't believe we can change other people? And I did my best to explain that I believe people can change. Absolutely, people can change. It's just we can't change them unless they are willing and want to change themselves. So every day we have a choice where we can change ourselves. But if someone else isn't willing or open to a change that we're requesting for them, uh, they're not going to. Uh, and so if we do try to change someone who is not willing or doesn't want to change or doesn't see their behavior as something they need to change, then suddenly it's like you're banging your head against a brick wall. And what happens if it then destroys your relationship with them? So this participant has a story that relates to her wishing her loved ones would change a behavior that she found triggering of her childhood. She tried every way from here to eternity to try and change her loved ones to behave in a certain way. Let's hear where this story came from and how it has bound her. Before I introduce her, I do want to share two quotes that I feel are relatable. The first one is one that I share with my clients on a consistent basis. So if you are one of my clients listening right now, you're going to say, oh yeah, we hear that one. Um, whenever we're in a session trying to figure out what a client can change and what they can't change, we say the serenity prayer. So that's the serenity prayer. Lord, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. So when is it a case where we have to accept and when is it a case where we actually can change something? So I often share that powerful, powerful prayer. The other one is you can't change how people act, 
but you can change how you react. And that is a quote by Bonnie Hammer. So brave and courageous participant, thank you so much for being on my podcast. Um, Please tell us more about your story and where it came from. Well, first of all, Jen, I do like that prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can. I always thought that meant courage to change the things in someone else. I did not see it as courage to change me. So what's holding me back is that I'm always trying to change other people and I need to change myself. I try to control, especially in one area. If the person has a problem with alcohol, uh, I try to educate them about the way things can go with alcohol addiction. And I have found that if a person's interested, it'll go okay. But if they're not interested, I'm pushing them away. Okay. So your your story has been, I need to educate and help pe- help influence change on people's addiction to alcohol. Right. And, and is there anything, before we, I, I am going to ask you where that story came from. Um, I know it's significant. But before I do that, I do want to ask you, is there anything, you know, so that's the story. Now, what if you don't do that? What if you don't help um, loved ones, you know, friends, strangers, whoever change this uh, relationship to alcohol? What does that mean? I think that they would enjoy my company more for one thing. (laughs) <laughs> but what does it mean for you? If you if you don't, like the story that you're living under that, from what I understand, controls your life. Um, and would impacting have, relationships. I, but what would it mean to you if you didn't do it? I would probably have a lot more energy and a lot more peace. Mm, but there's something that has you doing it all the time. So maybe that has to do with where it came from. Can you share with our listeners where that story was born? Well, as I look back, uh, seeing my dad have the binge drinking four or five days round the clock, and he was a violent drunk, um, and no one ever said anything, uh, it was very scary. And then years later, when I worked in addictions, I learned some things that made me want to share with other people how they could prevent what went on in my home with going on in their home. Like one of the big things that I learned, which was a big wake up call, is that if it's on both sides of my family, I have a 90% chance of becoming addicted. I didn't know that. And at the same time, my only sister had crossed over into alcohol and drug addiction and hit bottom. And I thought, I don't care if I have it or not. I should stop right now. And I am so glad I did. I never looked back. And that was 30 years ago. Okay. So really this 
that you would you could almost say not to get really deep and psychoanalytical, but you could almost say that this is this is a a fighter in you. This is a child part in you that is fighting for your past, your life, and the potential future of other children and family members to not live through what you lived through. Exactly. When I worked in the field, they said I would be very good working with the families of the addicted. When the families would call in, I could really relate to what they were going through. Mm, got it. So you you knew what it was like to be to be the loved one of someone where uh, alcohol has taken over their lives um, and their behaviors. I actually wondered how anybody could drink even before they became addicted, if they saw what went on in the home of the addicted. Mm. I guess people repeat behaviors that are familiar to them. Uh, if they cope, if the parents coped with drinking, uh, they repeat that. Um, for myself, uh, I found out it was ineffective coping. and. Um, I don't need a quick fix. And so I wanted to share that with other people that it's it's okay to suffer and grow and learn. And I tried to learn all I could about the field and I tried to share it with far too many people. Okay. I'm, I miss, my mission became to make sure that my immediate family did not resemble my family of origin, but then I also tried to control other family members and friends and even strangers. And that's where the insanity comes in. I actually became addicted to trying to control the addicted. Mm. You know, it's one thing to help people in the workplace with the issue. It's another thing to try to control people who don't want to give it up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which brings us back to that, the quote and kind of my introduction. So, so you have this story um, that, you know, it is your mission. It is your mission in life. And as you're calling it now, also it became an obsession. It became an addiction to, to you know, help people become aware of what could be detrimental to themselves and their families with their relationship with alcohol. How has this story bound you? How has it held you back what 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 has what what are the consequences of that mission it pushes people away who want to keep doing what they're doing and they don't feel comfortable in your presence because they know that you would like to control them mm. so you're actually alienating people that you want to be close to because they want to be free to do what they want to do. And here you are saying, oh, no, that's not right. So they'll reject you because they feel you're rejecting them. Mm. They feel judged. huh? They feel judged right. that you're saying what they're doing is wrong and and who they are is wrong. Even though you're trying to pinpoint a behavior, it, it does translate into a form of of rejection or being judged. You know, I think of a blackboard and how the blackboard is all black, but then you take a piece of white chalk and you draw a line down. Everybody sees the white line 
and they don't see that this is this huge blackboard. Well, people are more than the worst thing they ever did. So my focus really needs to be on noticing all the good things about people and not focusing on this one area that I think I can fix. Mm, yeah, that's that's profound. Um, and so it sounds like you're in the process of changing this story and this, the word that's coming to me is like compelled. Like it's almost this, like you are obsessed. Uh, yeah. And I realize, you know, one of the things I think sometimes that, well, that underlies these stories is fear. And so you can see how it's just, there's fear driving, right? I always say to my clients, let's make sure that fear isn't in the driver's seat. Like fear is going to be in the car with us because we all dance with fear on a daily basis, but don't let it be in the driver's seat. Like best thing is it's in the rear view mirror. You can see it in the back seat and you can wave to it, but it's not, it's not the pilot or the co-pilot. Um, but in some We're ways, I mean, face our fears. We're supposed to face our fears. Yeah, not let them run our lives. Because, you know, I always like thinking about fear versus love. If fear is is in the driver's seat, then we're we're just in that survival fight or flight. So this is like, it's like you're compelled. Oh my goodness, let's do this. But rather than rather than this love and acceptance and seeing the beauty in everyone and the greatness in everyone in these in these relationships that I'm hearing you say you want to have. These aren't situations where you're thinking, oh, I don't even want to be with that person. It's, I want to be with that person. I want to spend time with that person. But the, the fear and the judgment pushes them away. Exactly. But there is hope and uh, there is a remedy and I'm working on it uh, with Al-Anon. I'm reading uh, Courage to Change, which is a daily message. and. Um, also uh, involved with Celebrate Recovery, which is not just for the alcohol and drug addicted. I need to recover from this compulsion, this addiction to try to fix people. Mm. Alanon is this amazing support system. So a lot of people have obviously heard of AA, um, which supports people who um, uh, are, were addicted to alcohol and want to change and then Al-Anon is the support for the family and the loved ones. I find that AA is a lot more known than Al-Anon, but Al-Anon is there because there is this dynamic uh, that happens in relationships. The addicted has their own challenges, but then the loved ones has their challenges, which is often trying to change <laughs> the addicted. And there's Alateen as well for children that are growing up in it. Because I could never say anything to anybody, not even to my uh, family members, about the way my dad was. No one discussed it. It was the elephant in the living room. So Alateen would be a place where a teenager could go and say, I'm, I'm afraid, um, I'm, I'm hurting. They could mm. share their feelings. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Um, they could illuminate. Right. Like the, the, the name of this podcast, they could illuminate, you know, the stories of their family. But you're right. Very often um, that this these kind of stories are supposed to be secret. Most right. families are like, don't share what happened, you know, um, 
in our house based on you know what the consequences of alcohol or or anything for that matter it's often you know don't tell anyone and it's not just the addicted that are sick from their secrets it's the whole family system mm-hmm. yeah everyone's suffering from not having things brought to light and understanding it like who would you be uh, you know, we can't go back in time, but, you know, who would you be if you had gone to Alateen and could illuminate this at such a young age, right? How would that have made a difference? I think it would have made a big difference because I would have found people that were experiencing the same thing that I was experiencing, having the same feelings, the same fears. Uh, we just never talked about it to yeah. anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You went well, to school the next day and uh, you couldn't share the uh, horror that went on in the house the previous day or previous four or five days, as long as the binge lasted around the clock. You couldn't share that. Mm-hmm. And, and the disrespect that I saw towards my mom from my dad, no one ever discussed that. So now as an adult, if I see a person disrespecting another person, I'll pipe up and say something. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I, and again, I just keep, um, envisioning you as a child and, and kind of the trauma you experienced as a child where you couldn't say anything. And now it's like, Oh, I can say something and I will, and I'm going to. And I do. And I get in a lot of trouble. (laughs) where i go (laughs) well on that note i am going to um press pause because we are going to meet with mick and tess backstage and mick and tess are going to help prescribe a song to see if it can help you change this compulsion to try and change other people so we will be right back listeners hang tight All right, everyone, we were just backstage with Mick and Tess and our brave and courageous participant. And I I just mentioned how I wish that we had recorded everything backstage because <laughs> it was just very loving and accepting and, and gentle around the story um, that our brave and courageous participant is feeling feeling stuck in at the moment. So I'm going to turn it over to Mick and Tess. They have a beautiful song to prescribe for her and some words to go along with it. Yes, it, we're, we're giving her the arms of the angel. And that's kind of a healing song in a way. It, it, just, to, just to love herself more, I think, would really be a real um, breakthrough, breakthrough to, to, to really start softening up and loving herself more Mm. yeah i think that would be a beautiful song yeah um having been a musician all my life um it's probably best that we don't always record what's going on backstage anyway (laughs) 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 but in this case i completely agree with you i just thought that (laughs) Yeah. yeah so one of the things we were really kind of embracing was this whole this whole um possibility which is even our birthright i believe to fall deeper in love with ourselves and soften and and completely accept who we are 
and and also accept the things that we don't like about ourselves because the more we come into the truth and the light the more that's not really us that we've taken on from the outside it got imprinted on us it got taught to us yeah. so to speak yeah. um it's just it, it, it tends to just transform and drop away on its own mm-hmm. so it isn't always about fighting the battle you know so often we think we got to get rid of this thing you know this thing we don't like we want to fight it like a you know but so often that gives it juice that gives it power you know when we what we resist persists sometimes so um you know there's no absolutes in the universe but we believe in this this scenario um with this wonderful courageous woman uh that coming more into her truth and softening and just bringing more and more awareness into her own light um that these things will just start shifting on their own mm. and so this song called angel by sarah mclaughlin it's the line is in the arms of the angel so let yourself be held in the love and light of who you are yeah mm. thank you beautiful and you haven't heard the song before huh uh, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you may it may be familiar, but we will we'll definitely follow up with you and find out how how this illumination and the song transforms you. Thank oh. you. Yeah, it was great to meet you. Yes, you too. A real yeah. pleasure. A real pleasure. A real pleasure. <laughs> yeah, and thank you, Mick and Tess, for for holding holding this courageous and brave participant and giving them such a wonderful song yes (laughs) our pleasure thank you for inviting us if you'd like to be a participant on illuminating the stories that bind us please fill out the form on jenniferhcarry.com. Jennifer would like to thank every single person that makes this possible, including all of the listeners. Because of you listening and sharing these stories, we may illuminate them and unbind the participants stuck in them. And to the participants, your courage and bravery makes this possible. Thank you. A million thank yous to Cassie brooks Bowling and her team in making this mission come alive and keep it breathing. You can follow Jen at Jennifer H. Carey on Instagram and on Facebook at Jennifer H. Carey Counseling.